welcome to Cedar and Cypress podcast or welcome back if you have been listening for a while. My name is Allison and today our episode is going to be all about hearing from God. So this episode kind of came out of my desire to just kind of chat with you guys about what it looks like to hear from God and be in step with God and be in relationship with God. We've talked a lot about on this podcast about being in the word and understanding the word of God knowing our Bibles, and that's a really big way that we hear from God. But as I started to kind of unravel this topic, research, and look through what I wanted to say about it, I kind of discovered that there's a lot more to it than I initially thought that there was. And creating this episode, I was even really convicted just about the ways that I could be doing better in my walk with God and making sure that I'm engaging with Him and seeking Him out. And so when when I go through all these things I'm going to be talking about today, just know that it's coming from a place of complete relating to you if this is something that you struggle with or something that you have found difficult throughout your walk with God or something you're still having a hard time with, just know that the Christian walk is always on an upward walk towards getting better at living this Christian life, which which can be really hard. And so it's an encouragement as much as a, hey, let's get better at this together. It's not meant to come across as a do better kind of episode or anything like that. But hey, here's some practices. Here are some things that we could be looking to do that would help us so much in our relationship with God and engaging him in a really personal and intimate way. And so I'm going to be talking through that today. However, before I get into everything that I have planned for you today, I did just want to mention, because I think you can already tell that this episode is just me, I wanted to share a little bit of news about the podcast, and that is just that Liv is not going to be on permanently anymore, and I know she has t- she took a hiatus for Christmas, and if you're listening through those episodes for Advent, I hope you enjoyed those. And I just wanted to share that because of life circumstances, really just because of personal life changes and, and things that are going on in our lives, that it's become harder and harder to get together, to to research and work on this podcast and record and edit together. And so I just want you to know that the reason that she's not going to be on the podcast is not any type of drama, no kind of fallout, nothing is wrong. It's really just that it the time in the season that we're both in right now, it's a lot easier for me to just sit down and record and to research. She will not be on the podcast permanently moving forward. I'm sure that she'll jump on for podcast episodes and then you'll hear her and that she'll be here sometimes. But in terms of just a permanent foreseeable future thing right now, she's not going to be a permanent member on the podcast anymore. That allows me to take the podcast in some different creative directions that have been harder to do when trying to get two people to coordinate and work together, especially, again, because we don't live near each other either. So the work that we do together, the organizing and all that, all the planning is done remotely, is done through text and call and Zoom and things like that. So I'm able to take the podcast now in some kind of different directions than I would have been able to do when we were working on it together. And it's not that it's not that we didn't cover all the things that we wanted to, you know, when we wa- we had a podcast topic or anything that we wanted to cover, we made sure to do that. We didn't hold back and we really enjoyed all the work that we did together. But when it's just one person being able to do that there, it kind of opens up for some different directions like series or different topics, things like that, that I may be able to cover and craft that which are just more possible when it's just me. So I hope you're okay with that. I mean, I know, I'm sure if you've been listening since the beginning that 
a lot of the people, a lot of the listeners that I'm aware of on our podcast are because Liv has shared the podcast with you or the work that she's done on Instagram and those different kinds of things. So I hope that you're okay with it and that you enjoy these episodes, even though it's just going to be me for moving on. I'm very, very passionate about young people and everyone really, but especially people my age who are in their 20s, to be seeking God and to be learning what his, his life and his goodness and what he has planned for us and how we can walk into that because as I say to people so many, so often is your 20s and your young adult period are really where you decide whether you're going to do this God thing for real or not, whether you're going to follow him truly or not. And I think that's really applicable to people who grew up in the church, who grew up with being familiar with the gospel and with the Christian faith. So not necessarily may- maybe for people that didn't grow up in that but what I have noticed is the trend of falling away or becoming super on fire for God in your 20s or in your young adulthood. And that's why this podcast is so meaningful to me that I'm able to do this and keep going on with this. As life changes, as seasons change, who knows what is going to happen with this podcast, but it's really important to me just to make sure that you know how thankful I am that you've been listening, that you've been providing feedback. I've heard positive feedback. I've heard helpful, constructive criticism. And I'm just so grateful and all the encouragement that we've received from you guys through Instagram and things like that has really honestly meant the world to us that we we got to talk about God, we get that I now get to talk about God and that people are even interested in listening to what we have to say. That's just a blessing to ourselves. Our vision and my vision has always been to honor God with this podcast and to make it about him. Yes, we want to cover cultural issues, relevant issues, things that people struggle with. Yes, but to really point back to Jesus and the gospel and what it's really all about, to bring you back to him. And this podcast would be a supplement to your faith, something that you enjoy, something that you can do is you're doing a laundry or chores or driving or that it can accompany you, that it can be something that supplements your faith, not something that has faith for you, but something that you can feel like you're connecting in the body of Christ and with this community that is the body of Christ through the really cool technology that enables podcasting and all that kind of thing. So really with all that said, that's just kind of the news that I had for what the podcast is going to look like moving forward. I do have some potential rebranding and changing that I'm wanting to make to the podcast in terms of just the creative direction it's it, it's going to take. And I'm still figuring that my, myself. I'm still figuring that out. So I don't necessarily have news on that front, but there is more to come on that. And I just pray, I just ask that you pray with me and for me as I determine what that will look like moving forward. Uh, but again, just so grateful for you guys listening. And with all that said, I do want to get into what I have planned for us today, which is which is chatting about what it means to hear from God. I think that hearing from God sometimes can be a really big struggle. I feel that I have wished very often that I could just hear from God exactly about something I'm experiencing. Like I could pick up the phone and I could call him. Yesterday at church, I was talking with some friends in the body of Christ and we were kind of talking about what would it like if God had, a, what would it be like if God had a phone number and you could just call him and you could just hear his voice and ask him directly, like point blank, what should I do here? How should I move here? What should I do there? There's so many big decisions in our lives that I wish sometimes that I could have had that when we're going through change with jobs or with careers or personal life changes, family changes or we're moving or there's just these big decisions that we make in our life. It's like, God, what exactly should we do? Should I should I pursue that job? Should I date that person? How should I handle this relationship? 
a lot of times we can feel like we're at crossroads with something in our life and it would be so cool if we could just hear from God's voice exactly what we're supposed to do. That would be so nice. But honestly, the truth is that that the God is so much more complex than that. There's so much more to having a relationship with him and hearing with from him and engaging with him. Because hearing from God requires knowing him deeply and knowing him well. Proceeding any knowledge of God further is a personal relationship with him, getting to know him, trusting his character, sharing emotional intimacy with him. And we get that through many different ways. And I had even said to my friend at church when she was kind of giving this analogy of picking up the phone and hearing from God, I was like, I don't even know if I would do it. If God told me a play-by-play told me exactly what I was supposed to do, exactly where I was supposed to go and how I was supposed to act in certain situations and what I would be doing years from now, I think I'd be terrified. I think I would run because God knows exactly what we can handle in the key moments and points in our lives that he chooses to orient us towards different things. And I was even thinking about Moses, how there's plenty of people in the Bible who encountered God in a really physical, tangible way. For example, Moses saw the burning bush and he heard God's voice. And when Moses was told what he was meant to do, go to Egypt and help free his people from slavery, Moses was like, I'm not going to do that. That's kind of terrifying. Send somebody else. I'm sure someone is better. And that's that's the human heart. That's the human condition to be like, no, God, like send someone else. Someone else can do it. Someone else can figure it out. And how likely if God were to be on a phone call with me, I would probably say the exact same thing to him because that's just our propensity as humans to push that responsibility onto someone else. So actually thank God that he doesn't communicate with us that way right now anymore because, well, I'm sure, let me just caveat, you know, I'm sure some people have actually heard from God and I don't want to doubt that. But how cool is it now that God doesn't communicate with us in that way right now because he knows what we need and he knows a better way to communicate and guide us in our lives so just kind of getting back to the basics what exactly really is hearing from god we experience hearing as one of our five senses it's a primary way we process audio we process music we process verbal words and speech but hearing from god and i say hearing with quotations around it it's not always audibly listening to and hearing his voice but it's experiencing his presence and character in our lives and the change that having god in your life makes in your life that your life should be distinctly and visibly different for the fact that you have jesus in your life and this happens in a lot of different ways i kind of wanted to just give some examples for you Sometimes it's a nudge in our hearts to stop doing something that's sinful, which is a conviction from the Holy Spirit, or it's an urge in our hearts to do something that is good, which is positive guidance and help from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's how we experience relationships with other believers, other people that really know God well, that we can experience God's character when we spend time with his people. Other times it's listening to sermons or listening to people who have studied God's word closely and hearing them disseminate information and share what God told them. That's a way that we can hear from God. Other ways are listening to the testimonies of others, listening to how God has worked in other people's lives and recognizing the way that God is speaking to other people that we can also hone in on the messages he may have for us. I did also mention music. Music is another form of communication that could be from, to, or about God. And As we've always mentioned, reading, studying, and meditating on the scriptures are a really big way that we hear from God. You can quickly see from these examples that I've given that hearing from God almost kind of seems synonymous with experiencing him. And that's what I like to refer to it a little bit more than hearing, because I think experiencing encompasses the complexities that have to do with our relationship with God. 
you have to know God to hear from him and you also have to know him to experience him. So it's almost in my mind, kind of like a one for one, that hearing from God indicates that you have a mind that's been transformed by the gospel and the truth of his word such that you can discern and you have wisdom and that you can understand what messages are from him and what are from the world. Those who are in Christ are restored spiritually, but also mentally. The Apostle Paul wrote this in his letter to the Romans. In chapter 12, we read, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So that kind of aligns exactly with what I was saying, that when we're in Christ, the restoration that takes place mentally helps us know what's from God and what's from not. And what is truly good, what's acceptable, what's perfect in his eyes, what is going to be okay with him and what he would green light and things that he would not be okay with. So as I was going through the information that I had for this episode, there was kind of seven key steps that stood out to me about how we can hear from God, how we can make sure that we're hearing from God, things that we can practically do. The first one is that we have to, we must adopt a posture of humility when conversating with God, or we run the risk of just completely missing his message. In 1 Samuel 3.10, we see that Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. There's also other translations that speak, Lord, that say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This is one of the most famous callings of a prophet from the Old Testament, Samuel becomes a great leader. He becomes God's representative during the time of the judges before Israel had kings and into the time of their first king, Saul. After God had called Samuel's name three times, his teacher Eli realized it was God's voice calling him, even though Samuel thought it was Eli. So Samuel called himself God's servant when he answered God. And what we learn from that is we have to posture ourselves in humility and recognize who it is that's trying to speak to us and trying to reach us. It's the God of the universe, the creator of all, and the person that created you. So when he speaks, it's always going to be something that's super important. It's not going to be something that you can brush off to the side. We should be giving him the attention that he deserves. And as we have adopted adopted a posture of humility, we can think about the fact that step two, actions speak louder than words. We can hear from God when we study his movements, his activities in the Bible and in our world today. That's what we did in last episode when we talked about King David and God's movements in David's life. When we listen to stories about how God is moving in other people's lives today, or we read stories about his faithfulness through the Bi- from the Bible and from the scriptures, we learn about his faithfulness, his love, his generosity, and his provision. And that's another big way that we hear from him. For example, we see God's care for Israel when he led them in the exodus from Egypt. He provided manna from heaven. He freed Israel again and again from the consequences of their sin. He orchestrated Jesus' birth through the line of Abraham. He selected the 12 disciples. We've read about Jesus and his miracles. The list goes on. But truly, when when you approach the scriptures... That's a way that you get to know him. That's a way that you get to hear from him. The entire biblical story is about God doing these spectacular and fascinating things, strange, crazy stuff all throughout history. And actions really do speak louder than words. I mean, if you think about it, if someone is to tell you, I am a certain way, and their actions just completely indicate the opposite, obviously what you're going to go with and what you're going to believe is, is what you can see, what you can physically see them doing in the way that they act. A lot of times words mean nothing if there's no action or evidence to back that up. And that's the same with God. God is exactly who he says he is. And there's evidence, all of that, all throughout the Bible. Another way that we hear from God is step three, which is discerning truth and wisdom from lies and foolishness. We are required to put away the wisdom of the world, which is actually not wisdom at all, but is foolishness. James 3 gives us a really good idea of 
what that really looks like. He writes, who is wise and understanding among you? Quick pause. I should have mentioned this before I started reading, but he is writing to Christians. So we should be closely attuned to what he's saying. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that came down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Right here, James is saying, check what you're hearing. Check what you're hearing from the world and check yourself as well. Because where there is jealousy, where is there selfish ambition, there's going to be disorder, there's going to be evil. But you can clearly discern and see what is from God because it will be pure, it will be peaceable, it will be gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, it will be impartial and sincere. So it's going to be true, but it's also going to be loving. Fact, you will never hear a word from God that is not aligned with the word of God the Bible. If something is out of alignment with God's moral law, with his character and the biblical narrative, then it wasn't from God. What you heard, if it's not in alignment with the word of God and it is not from God, point blank, no buts, no extras, nothing to add to it, nothing to take from it. But this is why it's so important to know our Bibles. I think I get on, I think I get on a soapbox about this every single episode, but I don't know how better to really say it. The only way that you get to know about God's moral law is by reading and learning about it. The only way you get to know God's characters by reading the word of God and getting to know it and experiencing it in your life and seeing it in others. Understanding the biblical narrative comes from studying the scriptures. We must be scholars of the Bible. And this is not me trying to get on a pedestal and saying, you need to do better. You need to read your Bible more because that's certainly something that someone could say to me is that I need to read my Bible more. But what I'm trying to say is that the scriptures, we should be extremely familiar with them. They should be functional in our lives. They should It should be living and active in our lives such that we can clearly see what is right and what is wrong. This is why, again, I've mentioned this before, we can't rely on other people to know God on our behalf and to, to chew up that information for us and feed it to us. Absolutely, we should be trusting Bible-even Christians. We should be able to trust our pastors and what we hear from the pulpit. But again, we can't expect others to know God on behalf of us or for us. We have to know him personally ourselves. Because humans are fallible, humans are going to say things that are wrong. They're going to trip up or they're going to make mistakes. The only thing that is infallible is the word of God. So we have to bring everything back to that. And that's how we discern truth and wisdom from lies and foolishness. And step four, which aligns really closely with that, is that we have to be closely attuned to his character and his heart and his will, which come very close in alignment also with knowing his moral law. Have you ever heard someone tell a story about someone that you know really well and just think to yourself that totally doesn't seem like them at all? Like it doesn't seem like that person would ever do something like that. That seems super out of character for them. I don't know if you've ever had that kind of experience, but I certainly have where someone is telling me something negative that a person has done. And I know that person really well. And I'm just thinking to myself, they would never do that because that is a great person. They would never do that. And I hope that it's not the other way around for you where it's unusual to hear that someone is doing something good. But that's just kind of an illustration that I wanted to provide you because the same really goes for God. When you know him really well and someone makes claims about God, your heart, if it's closely attuned to his will and to his heart, it can quickly discern whether that's actually a characteristic of God or not. 
is it truthful? Like, yeah, then check, that's God. Or is it vindictive and evil? Then nope, that's not God. It's very easy when you know him well to disseminate and synthesize what people are saying about him because people make all sorts of claims about God, all sorts of claims about God that are true and a lot of them that are not true, that you will hear from the world, that you will hear in media, that will constantly be thrown at you. We're in we're inundated in social media and messages about God, whether they're actually about God or not, but about this world that he's created, about his relationship with his people, and whether or not he's abandoned the people that he's created. So just saying, when you know him well, it's very easy for you to tell when someone's making a claim about him, whether it's true for not true or not. And that's another really just good way that you hear from God. And and if you hear someone telling a great story about what God has been doing, you can affirm and say, yes, God, and amen, because I know you and I know that's your heart. And so I'm sure you're working in that person's life. I can be certain. Step five kind of goes along, like I've been saying this whole time, is avoiding heresy and false doctrine. And I did want to distinguish this one from foolishness and lies because not everything that is foolish is heresy necessarily or false doctrine, but I would say heresy and false doctrine is always foolishness. It's it's the wisdom of the world, but there's a lot of secular messages that you'll receive in your lifetime or that will be thrown at you that are not necessarily false doctrine because they're not claiming to be religious or not cre- claiming to be part of the Christian faith. So I do think this is a separate step, but they're they're closely related to each other. So before you think like I'm getting all dogmatic and strict on you, it's really important to keep in mind Jesus's warnings himself. He said in Matthew 7, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but are inwardly ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from with thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. This may be a verse or a passage that you've heard several times, but perhaps it is used and it has been used in a negative way. But essentially what Jesus is saying here. It's not that you are the arbiter of someone else's salvation or that you can clearly tell someone else whether they're saved or not or that, you know, judgment and final and eternal judgment rests with you. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying false prophets will be discernible. It's not like you're going to be having to guess. It's going to be you're going to be able to spot it. The the person's appearance, the fruit in their life, the way that they react to people, the way they interact with others, you're going to be able to see the fruits, whether it's good or it's bad, and you're going to be able to discern that. So be careful and beware of them. Essentially, the message of this is run the other direction from teachers who claim special knowledge or revelation about God that's not accessible in the Bible or not accessible to you. You should be, again, studying the Bible for yourself so that you can have confidence, you can have assurance for yourself that no one will lead you away from your security in Christ. I don't know what false doctrines or teachings you might have been exposed to or you might have heard in your lifetime, but I just wanted to encourage you to kind of take a step back and take a second to think about it. Have you heard something that's untrue? And if you recognize it as untrue or a false doctrine or teaching, how did the Holy Spirit help you arrive at that conclusion? What are the things that helped you kind of figure that out? What are the steps that he took you through that brought you to that conclusion? 
For me, one of the main false doctrines that I've been exposed to, thankfully not in my own churches that I've attended, but through social media and from the internet, is the prosperity gospel, is the gospel, which isn't really a gospel at all, but a message that Jesus wants you to be wealthy, that he wants you to just be happy, that he wants you to have a circumstantially simple, easy, fulfilled life here on earth, and that that's really all that it's about. So it's devoid of the actual gospel about Jesus saving us for our sin and being the perfect sacrifice to rescue us from eternal separation from God. And instead, it's really just about circumstantial wealth and having a good life here on earth. And good life, I mean by the world standards, because the good life according to God is something completely different, is a sacrificial life that is dedicated to serving others and serving God. But yeah, if you just wanted to take a second or even pause this episode or kind of jot down maybe in a journal or on your phone notes or something, it has there ever been something that you've heard that was really false? And how did you arrive at that conclusion? Because I maybe it was that somebody in your life, maybe God used somebody in your life to explain to you how that was incorrect or maybe the Bible or something else like that. But how did the Holy Spirit help you arrive at the conclusion that you did? Because that's a really good indicator of the different resources that you have in your life the Holy Spirit will use to help you discern what is false. And that's how you hear from God and how you also ensure that certain messages you're recognizing if they're not from God. Step six. I know this has been a lot of information, so I just want to mention. Step six is to remember that God's desire for you as a believer is for clarity and for guidance. It's not for confusion or doubt because a lot of this I've been talking about is is a little bit vague if that helps. I haven't given concrete examples for everything so sometimes it can think you can think to yourself this is all over the place like there's so many different things I need to be doing I'm not sure where to start or anything like that I'm confused I'm not sure just remember just remember that God's desire for you as a believer is for clarity and for guidance not to be confused or to doubt him Isaiah 30, 21 says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Remembering God's heart for us is a huge step on the road to hearing him. You have to keep in mind that his glory and our best interest is always his goal, and we can be secure in our identity in Christ to walk forward into change, into transformation, without being afraid of rejection from him, because he desires to lead us. He desires to change us for good. If he's not leading us now, it's not because he's changed or because he's not good, but it's because we have walked in the other direction. We have to keep that in mind. God wants you to be sure of him. God wants you to be certain of him. That's something that I can tell you clearly, not just from my lived experience, but also because that's clear from the Bible, that God is so deeply concerned about you knowing the truth and about you being secure in him. That is incredibly important to him. It's important to him that you don't feel confused, that you don't feel doubt. And it's okay if you do sometimes. So I'm not condemning that it is okay to be confused about things sometimes. It is okay to have those doubts as long as we don't ruminate on them and we don't build our foundation on them. But God's desire for you is not to stay that way. He does not want you to remain in that. So keeping that in mind, knowing that his heart is for us, knowing that his desire is for us, how do you make sure that we're hearing him? Step seven, and this is the final step I have for you, is to cut down on the excess noise that's around you. Turn down the volume on the world's voice and turn up the volume of God's voice. This is the part that is going to be a little bit hard for me to say, and I and maybe it's a little bit hard for you to hear, but I'm I'm just running straight through the gate with it. I'm just going to ask you a couple questions that I really want you to be honest with yourself. Are you filling your head and your heart with messages from the world? Are you consuming excess secular content that is drowning out God? And when I say excess, meaning it's okay to consume secular content, where are you consuming so much 
or certain content that is unhealthy for you? Are you blocking out your schedule so full that you're overbooking time that should be devoted to God? That's a hard one for me. That's a convicting one for me. Are you addicted to social media, to the internet, the news, or anything like that? Are you deeply and unhealthily entrenched in a relationship that is leading your heart away from God? That's a really tough one too. Because that could be a friendship, that could also be a romantic relationship. Are you unhealthily connected and involved in a relationship that is leading your heart away from God? Or with addictions, are you finding yourself returning to something again and again for the security that we should only be finding in Christ? Honestly assess where you are at. I'm not at all saying that God speaking to you is dependent upon you doing good or you doing the right thing. That is not the message that I want you to take away from this episode because that is completely counter-biblical. But what I am saying is that you may be engaged in a relationship or engaged in media or engaged in something or engaged in a habit that is self-sabotaging to you, that is hurting your ability to hear God's voice clearly. It's not that God has stopped speaking, that God has abandoned you, that he is not trying to reach you anymore. It's that you have blocked out your the voice of God with these headphones, these almost like noise-canceling headphones that you put on that are the world's messages. So we need to turn those down and we need to turn up God's voice. So with all that said, we've talked through the methods by which God speaks. Let me just share some super practical, real-world things that you can do today to hear from God. Things you could literally do in the next 15 minutes. Like I just mentioned, assess your spiritual condition. Set down the phone, set down the computer, be still. Do you feel like you've heard from God recently? Is he speaking to you? Are you drowning him out? Sit yourself down and really assess where you're at. This might be one of the hardest parts for you, but I really encourage you to do that, to take some time, even if it's just 10 minutes, to close your eyes, to sit down, to like really think and really take stock of where you're at. Maybe it's just cracking open your Bible and reading just a couple verses, just a few verses if you can. Meditate on them, think over them, read them slowly, read them repeatedly. Maybe pick out a phrase or one single sentence, something even really short, maybe it's just a word, and commit to memorizing that and applying it in your life. Perhaps seek to understand how God's movements in the Bible relate to what he's doing in your life right now. Another thing that you could do is connect with a family member, with a friend, maybe just one person that's in the body of Christ to tell them what you read or to share what God may be teaching you or to ask them for help in seeking God with you. Or maybe even just ask them what God is teaching them. You have no idea what God may say to you through that person. Try to form relationships with believers who are older and wiser than you, who are more experienced in this walk that is the Christian faith. And listen to them, listen to their testimony and truly engage with them to see how God may be speaking to them. And again, last but not least, give yourself grace, give yourself time. Learning to hear from God and becoming acquainted with his will is a lifelong process. Nobody is close to perfection. Nobody. The best example we have is Jesus. Makes him maybe, and when I see best example, it's because he is perfect. He's the only one that was ever perfect at, but there's no other person that will be able to model that perfectly for you besides Jesus. Maybe you just need to take some time to read verses about Jesus, how he prayed, how he sought God, how he connected with God the Father while he was living his human life on earth and while he was conducting his ministry here on earth. That's really it. That's what I have for you. If you have anything to share or add about how you hear from God, or if you hear something from God today or this week or ever, or just whenever you listen to this podcast, please feel welcome to share that with us. Please DM or email us. All our contact information is always in the show notes of the episode. So 
that's really what I have for you today. That's what I have time for. I really hope that you enjoy so it somehow helps you engage with God and hear from him. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I will be on next time.